This is producer Warren McPherson, and you're listening to the Urban Tellers Podcast, featuring stories and storytellers from Portland Story Theater's live storytelling series, Urban Tellers. Portland Story Theater's mission is to build community, promote understanding, and foster radical empathy by giving voice to the real, true stories of ordinary people. Portland Story Theater Build uh, gave me the courage to tell my story. Hi, I'm Lynn Deddy. And I'm Lawrence Howard. And today we're at the Story House talking with Namach Jewel Well. Namach told a story called Crossing the Forbidden Line at our Urban Tellers Immigrant and Refugee Show a couple of months ago. And uh, we're going to take a listen to that story. And when we come back, we'll have a conversation with Namach Jewel Well. I was born in Gambela, in the middle of um, Ethiopia and South Sudan. Over there, the women are seen as a property to be sold for dowry, so women do not have much of a choice. So it was um, a very unfortunate evening, like 9 p.m. And then my mother told us, pack your things, we're going for an adventure. I was so happy. I was supposed to sleep, but I said, no, I'm going to give up my sleep for the adventure. We walked. It was a very painful walk. I thought it was going to be a very, very fun adventure. But then we walked a very dangerous forest full of wild animals like lions. So I just kept to myself and said, oh, it's going to be fun. Let it be like morning. It's going to be beautiful. The journey went on. It was a tough one. We went through a jungle and reached this village. The war just ended there. So the only thing we had to do is just hold tight to the person next to you. Don't say a word, because if they hear you, they're going to come for you and kill you. So we just sat there, and then the next morning, there was a truck that came by. It was a soldier's truck. My mom went to ask them, can we get to your truck? We're trying to go to a refugee camp in Kenya. And then the driver said, you know what, woman? I can take only one person, the little baby you're carrying and you. But the rest of the four girls, I cannot do that. You're a woman, you know, where's your husband? My mom said, can I just go, please? They're my daughters. I cannot leave them behind. Who will I leave them with if I take the only little baby with me? Can I please go? The driver looked at my mom with a very fearful eye and just said, come on, lady, come on, get inside, get in. Get in before it's filled up. We got into the truck, and guess what happened? The truck broke down in the middle of the forest. The driver said, if anybody make a noise, I'm going to throw you out. So everybody, please be quiet. So we sat down, and then we could hear the hyenas like laughing. It was like, oh my god, this is scary. My mom just hold our hands tight. We reached into a refugee camp in Kenya, and my mom said, oh, we're finally here. It's a beautiful place, and you're going to go to school. Everything is going to be beautiful. 
And then I said to myself, no way. The houses are made of mud. How is it a beautiful place? The roof is made out of an iron. When the sun, when it's very hot, like 108 Fahrenheit, you just, it's just too hot, you can't handle it. And my mom said, oh, it's a beautiful place. In my heart, I was like, no, mom, no, this is not true. Life in the, in the refugee camp, the food was served in Russian. It was really tough. So the food that you were given is according to the people in the family. If you're one person, you're given the food for one person to last you for two weeks, of which it will last you only for one week. So the life went on. And then um, I was talking to this boy, and then my uncle saw me. I looked at him and just realized that he was spying on me the whole time. I walked home, kept it to myself, and then my mom decided to take us to a boarding school. I attended the boarding school, and then it was time to come back home. So I came back home, and then my sister had a boyfriend. I didn't know she had a boyfriend, so one day she went out with the boyfriend, and then uh, my uncle, the same uncle that was spying on me, saw her with the boyfriend. It was very hard to find a boyfriend because if you find the boyfriend, they'll say, oh, you're going to get pregnant, and then the guys will not get enough dowries. So this is how it works. If you're a lady, they force you to get married to a person that you don't like. Why? Because of the dowry. If they have dowries, then you're free to go. You have no choice. You're a woman. What do you have? Nothing. So the uncle went to my sister. They brought her home. They forcefully brought her home. And then my sister told me, you better dress up. I was like, wait a minute. Why do I have to dress up? She just walked away and said, dress up. I was like, why are you saying that? It's evening, like 7 p.m. Why should I dress up? Where am I going? It was a very fateful time. It was 7.30, and the uncle that was spying on me told me, come here. We have something to tell you, the three of you. So we were surrounded by the council of elders, and they said, your sister had a boyfriend, and you do not let us know. Why? I do not know that she had a boyfriend. They're like, shut up, you don't have right to talk. You ask me a question, so I have to answer. Shut up. You have no right to talk to your elder like that. So I felt really depressed. And they kept talking and talking, saying a lot of stuff. If, are you pregnant? Are you? Say it right now. But we cannot answer. They talk, but they don't let you answer it. What kind of culture is that? So they finished talking, and then they came up with rules. They said, my sister, she's going to be beaten 50 times with a very huge cane. And then my second sister with 30. And poor me, I was only 13 years old. I knew nothing about boyfriends. So they said they're going to beat me 20. And then my uncle said, I will be the one to beat you. So other people beat the other people, and then me, I'm going to beat her. 
I was like, okay, I'm not gonna say anything. Just, I was just, a lot of questions just crisscrossed my mind. I don't know how to answer this. I don't know how to get hold of myself. So they beat my sister. She cried until she couldn't cry no more. My mom just hid herself in the room. She's a lady without a voice because women are seen as a property. Women cannot speak for themselves. So if your husband is dead, you don't have a choice at all. So my sister was beaten 50 times. My sister was beaten too. And poor me, while my uncle was beating me, he said, I'm beating you because you had sex with that guy. I was like, no. I cried. I still have the scars in my body and in my spirit too. The next day in the morning, they said, nobody is to speak Swahili, only Nuer. It was really painful morning. Our baths were really painful. You cannot even sit. When you sleep in the bed, you sleep laying on your belly because you can sit on your bottoms because they really hurt. That day, I decided I should cross the forbidden line. The forbidden culture of women not having a voice. The human being, there's no different. The different is the gender, but with choices, they're the same. Why can't we choose the culture that everybody benefits, not the culture that only one gender benefits? That's not the culture I was waiting for. That day, that morning, I decided I should cross the forbidden line. I said to myself, you don't deserve to be in this culture. You deserve to be in a culture where you have a voice. So I really wanted to have a baby. I have that passion of having babies. But then I look up to my culture and say, oh, I cannot have a baby with a person I love. They're going to force me to marry somebody that I do not love. So and then um, we spent 10 years in the refugee camp with a brutal culture. And finally, we made ourselves to the United States. And then I just realized that here, I can have my own voice. I have a right to choose whatever I want. <laughs> but that did not end it all. My uncle was there, my brother was there, who is very, very caught to the culture. And then I met this guy, very handsome and loving. And he wanted to have a baby too. I was like, oh my God, this is a call. Now I can have whatever I want. Because my passion was to have a baby with the person that I love, with the person that I was willingly wanted to be in a relationship. I was like, oh God, thank God I'm in America. Thank God for answering my prayers. Now I got to cross the forbidden line. So Vincent and I, decided to have a baby, a very beautiful baby, and guess what? She's very adorable, very loving. <laughs> if she wants to eat, you give it to her, she's, 
She wants to eat it on her own. She's like 13 months. She knows how to feed herself. I'm like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. I'm so glad I have a baby with somebody that I love. And my baby will have the experience and the voice too to choose whoever they want. So when it reached the line to cross the forbidden line, if you are there, don't turn back because of the culture. It broke my family into half. I don't speak to some of them. I speak to my mom. She's always there. She's like, I know it was a terrible night. You were beaten so hard. I didn't have a choice. I was a woman and you know how it felt. But it really hurt me. It's still in my spirit. And I'm really sorry I wasn't there to protect you. So when it comes to the time that you have the capability of crossing the line, don't go back. Just keep going forward. Go to a place where everybody benefits, not just one person. Do it, and you can always do it better. Thank you. That was so powerful. Man, what an amazing story. Just really gave us a glimpse into a culture that most of us here are so unfamiliar with. Yes, just experiences that we would never can have. hardly imagine. Yeah, listen, hearing the hyenas in <laughs> yeah, the right, forest. Right. Wow. Hey, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Namach. <laughs> If you enjoy live storytelling, go to wherever it is you got this podcast and search PDX Story Theater. There, you'll find hundreds of stories that have been told at Portland Story Theater shows throughout the years. Listen and enjoy. How are you? I'm Hel good. Hello, nice. Namach. Hi. So great to see you. So great to see you guys, too. I know. You look yeah. fantastic. We've missed you. Thank you. Yes. I missed you guys, too. We did. I mean, it's just you yeah. really go through this loss when the workshops are over and you miss the people so much. Yeah, we see each other every week for five weeks and we work together so closely and then it's over and it's, it's kind of sad. I know, but I still have the memories in my head. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, great. I still remember I'm like so every glad. single of you. Oh, good. Yeah, good. It was well, a wonderful time. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah, we had a great time too. That was a really that good group. That was one I of thought. the best shows ever. It I think it was maybe our best show. Every ever. story yeah. in that show was was just was a home run. Yes. Well, you uh, you really dug so deep into your story. I mean, what what. Uh, how did you find us? I know that you came to a couple of shows and did some friend of yours find us or I can't remember. Yeah, how, how did you discover us? Discover Portland Story Theater. Um, yeah, so I had a friend, she was called Carissa. Right. I usually right. write like little short stories to her and she she was like, Oh, you can you can really do good and I know a couple shows that I usually go to and they're holding a show next week and I was like, Oh, that's great. We should go take a look at it and we went to Portland Story Theater. She showed me around, and I realized like I could tell my story here, mm -hmm. and nice. I can build my story. So Carissa was the one who showed me. Oh, that's yeah, great! She oh, I met her. Me. I remember I didn't yeah. remember yeah. her name, but yeah, yeah. yeah. nice and woman. You actually came to a show or two when we were still over at the Fremont Theater, right? right? And right. then 
we moved over to the old church. Yeah, so that's where I started like uh, listening to the stories, and it really touched me uh-huh. because the stories that were told, like it's direct from the heart. And yes, it gave me the courage to tell my story too. And I told Carissa, "Oh, thank you so much for giving uh, for telling me about the Portland Story Theater." Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's oh great. So that was the first show I went to. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Oh, that's great that she helped facilitate that. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really good because I think it's uh you know, for the average person, I think it's pretty scary to think about getting up on stage and sharing something really personal to you. Right. right. You at, know. First, right. at first, it's a little hard, you know, because you have to think of, like, what is other people going to think? But you have to think of, is it going to benefit you? So if it's going to benefit you, why don't you go for it, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, you have to let go of that fear of what other people are going to think, that fear of judgment, and just think, I have something important that I want to share. Right, Right? something like that. Right. Yeah. And I I think, tell me if you agree, but I think that the audience that comes to the Portland Story Theater shows are very open-hearted and very non-judgmental. I think they, they really are ready to receive your story and... That's very that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell from the way they um they listen to the story. Right. And then after after the story is over, they just come to you and say, "Oh, th- wow, that was powerful and thanks for sharing it with us." Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah. when you did tell your story, did people come up to you afterwards? Yeah, they did. That they you like didn't know? <laughs> no, I d- I didn't even know them. They yeah. just kept coming to me and say, "Oh, thank you for sharing your story. It was really powerful." Uh. And that gives me the you know, the mind of, uh, le- your mind tells you that, oh, people really care about what you feel. What happened and to yeah, you. Yeah, about what happened. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. I'm glad to hear uh-huh. that. Yeah. yeah. So what was it like for you being in the workshop group here and developing the story and deciding what to tell and what to put in and what to leave out? And what was that whole process like for you? Was uh, that... So the process really helped me a lot. It helped me build my confidence. Uh-huh. Yeah, it helped me build my confidence, and uh, it also helped me on um, arranging my story, like from the beginning to the end, and know the flow of the story. Right. Mm-hmm. So it really helped me a lot from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it helped me also build my story on how to tell it on the stage. And mostly it built my confidence. Right. It was just so fascinating to me to hear your story because I really didn't know anything about this culture that you were raised in and the whole dowry system and how it kind of pits brother against sister, right? Because the brother needs the dowry from the sisters so that he can have money to, to buy a wife for himself. And uh, it's just... It's complicated. It's a whole world that we're not familiar with here in the U.S. Right, and it's a mind-blowing because it's a different culture that you have to, like, really think into it. Like, why are they doing that? Why is it happening like that? Yeah, yeah. So it's a a very big uh, culture that you have to think deep into it. Right. Right. And it takes so much courage to go against your culture and all that tradition, and this is the way it's always been done. And to say, no, this is not right for me. I'm going to go a different way. Yeah. I'm so impressed by your courage. Yes. So so it's a little difficult, you know, because if you, 
if you're trying to cross it, you have to think of, is my family or the other people still going to uh, be on my side? Right. What are going to be the challenges? What are going to be the benefits? So mm -hmm. you have, r you really have to think about it. Like when I did it, when I crossed the line, yes, a right. lot of people do not even talk to me because they're like, "This is my cul, this is our culture. Right. You have to stick into it." But I was like, if the culture doesn't benefit everybody. Why should I be into it? Right. I want exactly. everything that benefits everybody in, all in this world. Do you think that mm -hmm. um, you uh, really developed those ideas as a youngster, or do you think that was something more that you developed after you came to the United States? So um, I developed the the idea after I was beat beaten up because my sister had a boyfriend. Yes. Right. That's yes. that's what made me uh, wanted to cross the forbidden line. That was a real turning point for yeah. you. So I was like, why do you punish me for something I do not do? Right. Why do you punish me for something that you want to benefit on, not right. everybody to benefit on? Uh -huh. right. So that's gave me the idea of like, I have to abandon the culture because it's mm -hmm. not benefiting anybody. Right. Were you yeah. ever right. able to talk with your sister or your mother? Uh, I mean, I know you have other people in your family too, but uh, they seem like they were really very integral to that particular incident and um were you ever able to talk with them about what happened to you and and why you decide started making that decision to reject the culture yeah so i talked to my mom and uh i also talked to my brother mm -hmm. oh, i really? talked to my dad and all that but yeah my brother and um my brother is no longer talking to me right. because he's so much stuck into the culture. So now I'm left with my mom. Right. Mm -hmm. I explained it to her and she's like, okay, it's your choice. If you know it's going to benefit you, go for it. Chase your dream. Right. right. Yeah, so so your mom, your mom supportive. loves you yeah. no matter what, right? right. Unconditionally, even yeah. though you rejected the well, culture. Well, it's a lot to go against <coughs> the culture, it I is. think, for anybody. You know, <laughs> I mean, the cultural norms are powerful and are so integrated into our family life and right. our belief systems. I mean, that's a lot, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, so it's a lot. Like, if I had abandoned the culture when I was back in Africa, when it you were still there. if I was still back in Africa, it will bring, like, a lot of consequences. Yes. They're going to kick me out of the community right. because oh. they'll see me like a bad omen to, yes. oh. to, yeah, wow. to the culture. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, so, but when I came here... I just realized I also have a choice and I have to like raise my voice to get my own rights. Right. Yeah. Right. right. So that makes it <coughs> that may when I came here, it made it more important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it made it more easy. Right. Oh, good. Yeah. Right, uh -huh. right. uh -huh. Well, when you were trying to decide, I mean, you had a really big story. I mean, the part you told was really quite small compared to the story that you could tell. Right. right. And. Uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, thinking in how you chose what you decided to include in the story. Um, so. Yeah, given that we told you it, it has to be 10 minutes or less. Right. All right. <laughs> right. <That's laughs> so you want like the all of it. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay, I'm a little confused <coughs> there. Oh, well, just that. Um. What I'm curious about is what was your own personal process in decision making in what to include in the story and what not to include? I still don't get it. Oh, okay. Okay. That's <coughs> all right. It okay. doesn't matter. You know, um, 
when people come to us and they have these really big stories, we are always curious about what they go through to figure out uh, what their story really is and what they end up saying on stage. I mean, you know, I think that when you did tell your story, it was, you know, a little different than what you told here in the little group. But, I mean, it was great. But it changes when you, depending on who's listening, you know. Yeah, um, so the story, uh, you, you tr are you trying to ask, like, what made me say the story? What made me ch uh, cross the forbidden line? No, the question is really, like, like here in the story circle, as we were developing the story, there was one night where you told us about the beating in, uh -huh. in great detail and, and, oh, okay. and the goatskin thing that they beat you and all those. And, and when you told the story on stage, you sort of, you, you left out a lot of those details. You, you told enough so that we understood what a horrible thing it was, but you didn't go, right? So, so the question is more like, how do you decide what details to include and what to leave out and how to give us a sense of what happened without telling us every, every little step by step? Okay, so um, the... The 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 reason is um, oh my god I don't know why my mind is going. You're blank. fine. No, no this, this is fine. This is great. And you know, and um, it's like, tell us too. What's your first language that you speak? Nuer, Nuer. Ah, it's Swahili mostly. Mostly, but yeah. you also speak. Yeah, Nuer. Nuer. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. And maybe you could say something for us in Swahili. You want me to say something in Swahili? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just for fun. <laughs> Just for fun. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <coughs> you know. Umeshindaje. And what does that mean? Um, how are you doing? Oh, how are you oh. doing? Yeah. Oh, great, great. Very well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> and say something in uh, Noir. And what's that mean? Uh, how was your morning? Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. So, I mean, here you've like you speak three languages fluently uh -huh. you know so i mean no wonder that you know these concepts are hard to grasp i mean i only speak english so i think that you know these are i think you did a beautiful job in the workshop and going through the process mm -hmm. and understanding what we were getting at and um it's a lot to break down one of these really big stories into a little short. Into a 10-minute piece oh that, hard. that you know, contains it's hard to do everything. That, you know? Yeah. Um, well, the story is up on YouTube, right? The video yeah. of it. Have, have different friends and maybe members of your family seen the story? And, and if so, what has been the reaction or the response? Yeah, so um, most of my friends watched it. Yes. And uh, the response were like, you really did a great job. And that's uh, like a lot of people should watch it because it opens everybody's mind. Yes. Because the culture, it's, uh, it's so brutal that most girls can't keep up with it. Right. Yeah, so right. I had a girl who said she was forced to marry a 33-year-old guy because he was wealthy. Right. And the parents only thought of the dowry. Yes. They right. did not thought of the girl if she'll be happy or not. How yes. old was yes. she? Um, she was like 21 and the guy was uh, 33. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And she, uh -huh. did not w she did not even know the guy. She didn't know yeah. him. Right, yeah. just oh, here yeah. you go. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Is she still married to the guy? Um, no, she did not. Uh -huh. Yeah, she was. She told the parents if, 
if you if it means kicking me out of the family just kick me out but i'm not going to marry the guy that i don't love wow. so the mom kicked her out of the house she did wow. yeah well wow. wow, how sad yeah it's really sad but uh yeah the response were really positive mm-hmm. yeah the re- the responses were really positive from people oh so like a lot of people should watch it yes yeah. that's great that's great and are these people here in the U.S. or some back in in Ethiopia or so Kenya. S- yeah. Some of them are here. Some yes. of them are in Kenya. In Kenya. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Right. Do you well. still have friends and family in Ethiopia anymore, or is um, it just no. too removed? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. 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 Right. Because you were in Kenya like more than ten years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's a long right, time. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a long yeah, time. Yeah. What was that like being in the in the refugee camp in Kenya? Did you? Did you think you would ever get out of there? Um, so, you know, it's always like a doubt. Will I really go or will I not? Because sometimes they'll post your name, you go for the interview, and yeah. then they reject your case. Right. Or sometimes hmm. you um, you do all the procedures, and then when you go to the airport, they bring you back. Wow. Yeah, so a lot of, so it's always like, crossing your fingers yeah, yeah yeah so we stayed in the camp the life was not that good because yeah. um, the food was served in russian according to the people in the family right, right. and right. the weather is really bad too sometimes when it rains it will flood really bad oh. and the houses are made of mud yeah so sometimes when it flood a lot the house just is full of water and you and then it collapsed down oh my gosh uh-huh. yeah wow is it like a uh the kind of climate where they have a dry season and then right. a, a wet season, a monsoon kind of just rains all the time for um, half the year. Um, so the weather is only two. It's either very um, like very sunny and like drought kind of, yes. uh, or sometimes when it starts raining, it rains really really bad. Yeah. Uh, to cause the flood. Right. Yeah. So it's right. like two weather. It's either very um, very rainy. Uh huh. Or uh, sometimes uh, it's very like sunny, very hot and yeah, dry. Very and hot. Yeah. You mentioned in your story that you <coughs> went to boarding school. Yeah, was that close to the camp or how in far the camp away? Yeah, or was that far? And did you go there for a lot of years, or what was that about? Um, so the school, the sc- uh, the the middle school I went to, it was like um, I think fifty minutes walk. And 35 minutes by a, by a motorcycle. I see. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's a little far away from where I live. Yes. And my mom will, uh, if we don't have money that time, he'll, um, there's a neighbor that ride a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So he'll tell him, can you take my kids to school? And then I'll pay you when I get the money. He was yeah. really a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Because if you go alone, there's, there's men out there who are very, very hungry they want they want to force girls they want to rape them yes. so my mom did not want that to happen to, walk to us alone. yeah if you walk alone then you're just risking your life i see oh yeah I so see. we always uh right. take a motorcycle to school. so when you went to that school did you you went back and forth every day from school to home or did you live at the school part um, of the so time so it was a boarding school it was so a boarding we only school. go there once and then after 3 months you go back home 3 months yeah after well, 3 months that's a long time to be yeah. away from your mom and yeah. your family and were your hmm. other s- sisters and brothers there were they there um so my sisters were in boarding school too in the same same boarding school? Yeah, so they went to the same boarding school uh-huh. at that time. Um, 
so they went to the boarding school first and I was in another school, day school. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was in thir- second, third grade, thir- second, third, and fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so second, third, and fourth, I was uh, mm-hmm. in the day school. Yeah. And then when I reached fifth grade, I went to the boarding to school. To the boarding school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. When you were like 10. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. So you guys were a little older when you went yeah. to the boarding school. Uh-huh. Oh, well, that made it a little easier. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. you know, that would be hard to be away from your mom when yeah, you were little. Yeah, and the classes are like 500 students in one class. Wow. What? Yeah. The oh classes my God. Were, the classes like were university. With with like yeah. one teacher for five hundred yeah. students? Yeah. Oh my god. Or sometimes if they divide the classes, it's always uh, maybe two stu- uh, two teachers. Yeah. Yeah. The wow. the classes are very you know, um the education is I, I cannot say like perfect, but it's it's just a little bit to get you going and mm-hmm. understand things. Right. That goes on around you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But when you go to the boarding school, that gives you um, a lot of opportunities because it's always like 40 students in the class. 40? Yeah. I see. Instead okay. of like the 500 much. students. Oh, oh, much right. better. Right. Uh, right. Much right. better, yeah. Better. The yeah. day school is where there yeah. were 500 students right. in the class. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But wow. do they teach you to, to read and write in those kind of very basic schools in the yeah. day school? Yes, I mean, your did. English is fantastic. Yeah, I can't know. believe it's how. It's amazing. Yeah. It's because I went to the boarding school. The boarding school? Yeah. That's where, where they really that? emphasize the uh-huh. English. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. in the boarding school, no speaking your own mother tongue. So you have to speak either Swahili or English. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. so if you speak your mother tongue, you get punished. So they yeah. always... Um, Every Wednesday, they usually cook meat in school. Mm-hmm. So th- you gather all the bones, wash them, and put them in a string. And if you speak your mother tongue, you wear the, the bones. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, so girls didn't want to uh, wear the bones. So that's the only way to avoid you speaking your mother tongue. That's so that the you punishment. Can, yeah, so, th- so that you can speak English and Swahili. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did that ever happen to you? Did um, you ever I wore the sack once. Yeah. Yeah. So it's either a bone or a sack. A sack. Yeah. <laughs> oh <Wow>. dear. <laughs> yeah. And I was the um, I wore the sack when I was in eleventh uh, grade. Yeah. And I was the academic counselor. Yeah. So I spoke Nuer to my f- other friend. I just said one word. And one word. Like, yeah. So I just said one word and then like go get the sack. So I went to the principal and told her, okay, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to say it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm. Like I'm, I'm the academic counselor, <coughs> and if I wear it, it's gonna be like a bad image to the other people. Yeah, I'll be like a bad role mo- role model. Right. Yeah, and the principal was like, "Yeah, that's okay, but don't do it again." So when I removed it, the girls were like, "That is not fair. Why is she not wearing it?" Uh. <laughs> Hello listeners, Portland Story Theatre is a 501c3 charitable organization whose programs, including this podcast, are made possible by generous donations from people like you. If you'd like to make a donation, visit the Portland Story Theatre website at pdxstorytheatre.org. How old were you when you came to the U.S., Namaj? Um, I was 21 years old. 21? Yeah, And I was that 21. was just a few years ago, right? right? How long have you been here now? Um, Like, almost 
two years and a half now? Two and a half. Yeah. Wow, that's wow, that's very that's recent. such a short time considering yeah. how how well you're doing and and this whole new life that you have here. Yeah, the life is really new, uh, especially be having a baby, yes. of which I've been wanting so much to have a baby. Right. right. Yeah, right, that right. Ma- that makes the whole thing <coughs> really beautiful. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, that's great. And that's so interesting to me that that, that was such a, a strong desire for you to have a baby because that was, you know, having sex and, and perhaps getting pregnant was, was so much the, the forbidden thing, thing right. in, right. Yeah. in so the culture. and. Do you think that part of the reason you wanted that so much was because that was so forbidden? Um, so the the reason I wanted a baby, it's because um, it's my desire. Yeah. And I wanted the baby to have the all happiness that I do not that have. That you did not. Yeah. So I did not have all um, happiness of the dad being there. Right. And I really wanted the experience. So I decided, um, like, I should have a baby. And then I looked (coughs) back to my culture. I cannot have a baby with the guy that I want. That you choose. Yeah, the guy that I choose. Because maybe the guy is really poor. And he doesn't have enough money to pay the dowry. So that made it really, really difficult for me to get a baby. Uh Yeah, but I really... The feeling of having a baby was like a hundred percent in my mind. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. And then, um, so they posted our name in the billboard. So we went to them in the Kakuma camp. So yes. they posted the name in the billboard going to uh, for medical. Yes. And I was like, oh my god, maybe I'll go have a baby in America. <laughs> so we went f- to the medical. We did everything, and finally they said, you guys are going to Nairobi. Yeah. And oh if okay. you go to Nairobi, that's mean you're going abroad. That's the yeah. next step. Yeah, that's the next step. So we went to Nairobi. We spent five days in Nairobi, and finally, we got into a plane. Oh nice. Wow. And we flew here. Oh wow! And, yeah. and who was who? Who did you come with? We came with my mom, my mom, and um, my three sisters. Three sisters. Yeah, so and my little cousin. Right. Yeah. Oh right. wow! Uh-huh. That's well. a big bunch of people. And when you That's came nice. to the U.S., did you know anybody here? Were there other relatives already in the U.S. or? Um. So, not really, because we went to <coughs> we went. Uh, they took us to Salishan Drive. It's way way up there, and uh, so my sister she had a friend on Facebook and. So they were chatting online on mm-hmm. Facebook, and she was like, oh, we are in Portland, Oregon. And the girl was like, yeah, we are in Portland, Oregon, too. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. wow. and oh she was kidding. Uh-huh. Yeah, what are the chances <laughs> of that? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first person we met here. Oh right. So nice. they, tried, they, were in, uh, they lived in Gresham. Gresham. We didn't even know where Gresham was. Right. Sure. What is we Gresham? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, we're in Gresham and we're going to like drive where you guys are. Mm-hmm. So they came here and it was really beautiful seeing people. Oh, nice. good. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's neat. Uh-huh. Wow. Two and a half years ago. That's very well, recent. Yeah. That's amazing. But now your mom doesn't live in Portland. She lives somewhere else, right? Yeah. So she lived with, she just realized her brother was here too. Uh-huh. Yeah. In the United in States. In the United States. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was like... Um, the path was opened when yes. we got here. So yeah. she met his brother here, and now they're spending time together because they're the only one. They're orphans. Her mom and uh, dad and sisters and brother died, so it's only the two wow. of them. Just the two of them. Yeah, so it's good for her so that she can get the companion, you know? Yes. Sure. Yes, yeah. sure. yes. Yeah. Well, and, you know, when you're in the United States, mm-hmm. you can go any state you want. Yeah, so I love it here. 
Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, that's neat. I love it here because, you know, um, in Nebraska, there's a lot of people with my culture. And, you yes. know, people talk a lot, especially that have crossed the forbidden line. Yes. Right. Going yes. to talk a lot. They'll be like, mm, why is she here? Why is she even here where we are? Right. right? Yeah. Right. And she doesn't want to be in our culture anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. In Nebraska. In Nebraska. Right. Yeah. Where your uncle <coughs> and mom are. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. So well, yes. Between... Portland, Oregon, and anywhere in Nebraska, I think I think you made the right choice. Yeah, so <laughs> yes. I love it here in Portland, Oregon. Oh, yes. that's great. Yeah. Yes. That's oh, great. Well, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I'm sure that it's very different just in so many ways here in Portland. Mm-hmm. You know, even just the <coughs> weather, you know. Yeah. Yeah, totally different. But do you like the ocean? Um, yeah, I like the ocean. It's really beautiful here. The mm-hmm. trees and flowers, the weather, it's beautiful. Oh, you like yeah. so that? Everything is just green and beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's very yeah. green. Yeah, it's like this, uh, they uh, call it, this side of Oregon, they call it the Little Ireland. Uh-huh. Because it's so green, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And it, it does look a lot like Ireland to me, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very green, you know? Yeah. It beautiful. like Ireland is, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the rain, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, so you think you're going to stay here in Portland then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'll stay here. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh That's great. And um, let's see. Do you think that you might ever want to tell another story with Portland Story Theater? Not necessarily in the immigrant and refugee, but just... Yeah. Another personal story? Any I will definitely do. It the Portland Story Theater build uh gave me the courage to tell my story. So yeah. I will yeah. definitely do. Oh, and I'll recommend so it to other people too. Okay. Yeah, the Portland Story Theater it it just gives you the courage to face your future and your mm. past. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's it nice. gives you the courage. Yeah. Well, we enjoyed having you in the workshop oh, so, so much and yeah. would love it if you would do the whole process yeah. again and tell another story. That would be wonderful. Right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a character, either a, a real person from real life or a fictional character from a book or a movie or a TV show or a play or even a, a cartoon or a comic book who you admire and who inspires you? Um, yeah, so I'll say Will Smith. Will oh, Smith. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> oh, and he always plays such amazing characters yeah. too. Yeah. So um, one of the movie, it's uh, The Legend. It's yes. a really nice movie. It's about apocalypse, yeah. uh-huh. about zombies and all that. Right. And yeah, his character just always like blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. He's a really good character. Uh-huh. And that's so why um, I- when I was in high school and in my middle school, yeah. I took uh, drama classes and journalism classes. Yeah. Yeah. So we usually act small uh, dramas and all that. Yeah. And I even acted a, a short drama and... Um, it was like a winning competition, so I, d- I acted a drama that was called Bitter Tears, and I was awarded the best actress. Wow! Oh, that's yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's so great. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, how fun. Back in the refugee camp. Oh, nice. Yeah. And was Will Smith kind of an inspiration to yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, he's always an inspiration to me. That's why I wanted to take multimedia. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's great. And I'm going to go back to school now. That angel is going to turn two years old. So right? I'm going back to school oh, to great. finish the multimedia. Oh, that's yeah, so career. fantastic. Oh, good for you. So that's glad. awesome. Uh-huh. Is that uh, at Portland State? Yeah, or uh, yeah? at Portland State. Uh, Portland 
PCC. PCC. Yeah. Community College, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, PCC. that's wonderful. Uh-huh. Oh, they have a really I'm good so glad program. To hear that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Yeah, I think excellent. PCC is a, is a great school. Yeah, so I usually tell my friends, if I go to America, I just want to act like, just w- even if it's just one movie with the, uh, the Hollywood. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, that is always my dream. You're going to oh. be in Hollywood movie? Yeah, I awesome. that's, wha- that's my dream. I want to. Okay. I love it. Well, I good. Love now it. the word's yeah. out. Okay. Yeah. All know? right. Well, uh-huh. let, us, let us know about that. Yeah. Keep us in the loop. We'll <laughs> we definitely <laughs> support good. you in that. Yeah. That's right. great. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's just been wonderful having you here and just chatting and and talking yeah, to you it's, it's been really, really fun thank yeah. you so much you. for Thanks coming for coming over yeah you know and having this conversation with us and yeah we really appreciate that you took the time to do this yeah and well. one quote to say lynn and lawrence you guys are inspiration to everybody oh, oh yeah you're so sweet. <laughs> thank you you're much. so great that is so and great. until we see you again yeah May the, the narrative be with you. Thank you. May the narrative be with you, too. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> Today's program was produced by myself, Warren McPherson, Lynn Duddy, and Lawrence Howard. Editing and recording was done by Sweet Line Productions. Music was provided by Mio Neo, Werner Kratz Vogel, and Claudia Husman. If you enjoyed this program, please go to where you get your podcasts and leave us a positive review.